Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. If you remember in John chapter 11, Jesus formed his last and greatest son, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. It is in chapter 11 that Jesus informs his audience that he is the resurrection and the life. And this healing of Lazarus caused great controversy. The Jewish authorities were even more concerned with putting Jesus to death. So Jesus leaves the area of Jerusalem later in chapter 11, and he goes to a place called Ephraim, where he can hide out from the authorities because they're trying to kill him. And we are approaching the final week of Jesus' life. In chapter 12, Many people believe that Jesus comes back to Bethany on a Friday. He will celebrate this this feast, this um, supper that will be held in the home of, of Martha, and it will be on a Saturday night after the Sabbath concludes. And that very next day on Sunday, he will make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and will start what we call Passion Week, or some call Holy Week. And by that Thursday of that next week, he will be arrested, and Friday he will be on the cross. So we know that his time of his death and his passion are at hand. Bethany, if you remember, that is the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. That is the place where Jesus worked this great miracle. So he's back in Bethany to celebrate this time with his friends. And Mary, one of his close friends, she realizes the weight of the moment and does something that some would find very odd or strange. So let's go to our story really quick. This is John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of, the, one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he was the one that was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used it to help himself to what was put in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. So such an interesting story. Uh, This story is found in Matthew and in Mark. And in Mark's account, in Mark 14, we get more details. We realize that Mary also anoints the head of Jesus. Later, Jesus says his entire body was anointed by Mary. So here's Jesus eating at this table. And in uh, the ancient Near East, they would recline at the table. So they would lean back on one arm and have another arm free to eat from the elements of the table. And Lazarus is there, kind of a place of honor beside Jesus. This is going to be similar to what we see later when Jesus has his last supper with his disciples as they recline at the table. Mary comes in and breaks open this this jar of ointment. Now, Nard, we know from Pliny. Pliny was a guy that that wrote a good bit, uh, was a Roman writer, and he wrote something called natural history. And Pliny describes Nard as this shrub that grew in northern India, and it would be imported, and it was very expensive. And they would take the, the limbs and the shoots and the leaves from this aromatic shrub, and they would create this ointment uh, from these elements, and it would have a red tint to it. 
I can't help but think of the symbolism there, this reddish ointment being cover, uh, covered all over the body of Jesus, maybe a symbolism of the blood that he would shed later upon the cross. So she's placing this ointment on his body. She's anointing him for his burial. Now, does she totally understand the weight of this situation? She knows something's about to happen. She knows that Jesus is in great danger. Now, this is an odd practice in the first century when you consider how much money this ointment costs. It's kind of mind-blowing for us how much money. 300 denarii was what probably a day laborer would make in one year. So this is a year's wage for an average working class person. Translate that to today's term. Some would say anywhere upwards to twenty to $30,000 is what this would be worth in today's uh, money. That's a lot of money to be poured out. Judas looks at that and Judas is incredulous and is like, we could use that for the poor. Of course, Judas had false motives. We learn here that he will betray Jesus, but also he is uh, taking advantage of the treasury. He is the treasurer, and he's taking money out of the treasury for his own purposes. So just think of the scene. They're reclining there at the table, and she comes in and starts to anoint him with this very, very expensive perfume. It had to be shocking to people. How many times have we read passages from the life of Jesus when things were shocking to people? Things were just out of the norm. Uh, Jesus did this all the time. We think of the woman at the well in Samaria talking to a woman in public, uh, especially a Samaritan woman. Jesus, there was always odd things happening around him. And this woman, to, to wipe his feet with her hair is really strange. Uh, Jewish women did not show their hair. They did not let their hair down in public. Typically, only their husband would see their hair. So we see this abandonment where she just really doesn't care what anybody thinks about her. Uh, she doesn't care if it's embarrassing for her. She doesn't care about social norms. She just wants to honor Jesus because she understands the weight of the situation. Think about Mary as an example. She's always at the feet of Jesus. And in the first century, that would mean a place of a disciple. She tends to get it where his other disciples don't get it. She understands who Jesus is. She understands her position before him. She understands the precious nature of his ministry. I think a lot could be learned from her. But this idea about the poor, this has caused some people some trouble because we look at this today and we're puzzled and we think, okay, well, maybe Judas does have a point. We know Judas has bad motives, but could she not have taken this ointment, maybe gave Jesus a little bit of it, and sold the rest for the poor? And boy, this is a puzzling passage. And I will tell you my own experience with this passage where it was used uh, against an attitude I had. And you can take this or leave it because uh, application of this passage is very precarious. So I'd say be careful applying this to any situation in the 21st century because we don't have Jesus in the flesh with us right now as Mary did. But I had uh, one discussion that I talked to a person about an elaborate church building. Uh, it was a cathedral that I went to, went into, and I made the, the mention that, man, this thing is ornate, and it's full of gold, and it seems like a lot of money was spent on this uh, particular cathedral, and could that money not have been used for other purposes, maybe the poor? kind of sounded like Judas when I said that, and the fellow I was talking to said, you know what? This building is built to honor Jesus, and only he should receive the best and the finest. And I thought for a minute, this, this passage kind of resonated back in my memory. And I thought, well, that, there's a point to that. I know that could be taken to, to crazy extremes, but let me think of maybe an 
an older couple in a church that they're passing and they want to leave money behind to the church and they designate that it goes to building a, a new uh, worship area for a church or they buy an ornate uh, communion set for the church. And we look at that and we may scratch our head and go, you know, that, that money could be used for the poor. But then we go back to this passage and think, well, sometimes this money is used just to honor Jesus. And in this case, this woman is using her means to honor Jesus the best way she knows how, and it's the most extravagant, uh, some would say wasteful way to do it. But think about this. When Jesus goes into Passion Week, this ointment was so strong, it was used as a breath mint. It was used uh, to, to put on clothes, to, and the, the smell would be there for a long time. I just can't help but imagine that when Jesus goes into the Fortress Antonia of the Romans and they're beating him and torturing him, he still could smell uh, the smell of this beautiful ointment. It's the, the last and the, the finest thing that really is going to happen to him before his crucifixion. So there's something beautiful about this anointing that Mary does for him, that Jesus, even on the cross, still would have the lingering smell of this ointment on his body as he is dying for our sins, that he is really that precious. He'll be treated terribly uh, as, a, as a criminal worse than a criminal by the Romans, but he is something much more beautiful and wonderful to us as Christians. So maybe we can learn something from Mary and her attitude toward Jesus, that Jesus only gets the best, the best of what we got, the best of everything. And as she said, as Jesus said, the poor will always be with us. Deuteronomy 25, 11, that's not exoneration for us for helping the poor. I do think that Jesus has Deuteronomy 25, 11 in mind when he says that. He Almost sounds like he quotes from it. Deuteronomy 25, 11 says, We'll always have the poor in the land, and we're always to treat them with compassion and with an open hand. So Jesus is not saying, don't help the poor. I think he's saying really the opposite. We always are going to have the poor, and we're always expected to help the poor. But sometimes there are special gifts that people give in honor of Jesus Christ. And I know that can go overboard, but we might want to remember this passage before we point an accusing finger and say like Judas, well, that money could have been used for something better. Well, I hope you have a great day. Um, we're out of time, so I'm not going to go back and reread our, our passage today, but I hope these readings so far, uh, the last two days have helped you in your walk with Christ. Um, I'm looking forward to continuing in John tomorrow, and I hope you can join me again. God bless. <music>